It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. And here we are. I'm Adam Ritz, and we are broadcasting on campus at the University of Louisville in front of this live studio audience. All right. Thank you so much for the warm welcome. We travel the country to find uh, interesting people that give back to their community, philanthropy, charity, making this place uh, a better planet, and we meet one now. It's Tyler. Hi, Tyler. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm wonderful. I love your radio voice. Have you thought about going into radio? No. Not until today? <laughs> No. <laughs> Start it. What's your, what's your uh, campus and uh, what is your major? Well, uh, I'm from the Zeta Sigma chapter at Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, and I am a zoology major. Zoology, see, so what we need is a zoology podcast, because I can guarantee you there's no syndicated radio shows devoted to the lifestyle of zoology. What do you think? Sounds good with me. What would you call it? Zoology Today, hosted by Tyler. That sounds like a good, good title. Okay. We'll work on that uh, after this uh, interview. Um, for now, you're a member of Kappa Alpha Order at Southern Illinois University. What do you guys do to raise uh, funds or awareness for charity? Well, our main philanthropy is MDA, or Muscular Dystrophy Association, and we put on a big event in the fall called our MDA Trivia Night, which essentially we get groups of people from the campus to come out and play trivia all night long. We have little mini raffles, and then we also do a silent auction as well. And do you have a, a number, yes. uh, a, a, a dollar amount that you've raised recently? Uh, our last semester for the fall, we raised uh, $1,500 for during that one night event. For MDA, that's right. absolutely awesome. Let's have a round of applause for that effort, $1,500 for muscular dystrophy. We also want to um, recognize and acknowledge one of your uh, brothers that is here today for his birthday. Now, where is he? Uh, Madison Self, where are you? There you are. Come on up. Yeah, come on up here, Madison. Um, and, and how old is, uh, well, I'll ask him. I'm going to guess, I know the beard is popular nowadays. Uh, you've got this full beard. I'm going to guess it's your birthday. I'm going to guess you're 37. No. How old are you? 19. 19, okay. And uh, why the beard? Uh, I used to work at Steak and Shake, and I had to shave every day, so I just, no more. No more. <laughs> So now every time I see a guy in a beard, I'm going to think, oh, that guy used to work at Steak and Shake. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so you've made it 19 years. What's your word of advice to everybody here? Uh, just, I don't know, enjoy life. And especially like now that you're in college, just enjoy it while you can because, you know, you're only here for four years. So. All right. Let's have a, a happy birthday for uh, Madison. I don't, let's do the whole song, okay, on a one, on a two, on a three. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Madison, happy birthday to you. All right, round of applause. Thank you for singing. Celebrate safely, Madison. Happy birthday. And Tyler, thank you so much for uh, all your hard work. And I want to thank Kappa Alpha Order at the University of Louisville for hosting the uh, Adam Rich Show today. Give yourselves one more round of applause. 
fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. I'm Adam Ritz, and we are on the campus of Southern Methodist University. It's SMU in Dallas, Texas, with head men's basketball coach Larry Brown. Hi, Coach Brown. How are you? It's good to see you again, Adam. I'm telling you, it's an honor to be with you. Uh, I followed you with you uh, when you were with the Indiana Pacers. I'm a big Pacer fan growing up in Indianapolis, and it's just great to have you on the show to talk about uh, life skills and some of the off-the-court issues that we talk about on this social awareness radio show, your foundations and charity work, I'm sure, from all those years in college basketball, the NBA, and now here at SMU, you've got a ton of stories. This could be a five-day interview, but we're just going to try to pull some some little nuggets out here and there and uh, and talk about your service, maybe. How important is that for you with your players now, your current team here at SMU with community service and getting them involved uh, with the Dallas area? Well, the most important thing is, you know, you teach them to be men. You know, um, in my life, I've been blessed. I, I played for some of the greatest coaches ever. Um, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if it wasn't for Coach Smith, Coach McGuire, Miss Dibble on the Olympic team, Pete Newell, John McClendon. All those people took a personal interest in me, and you know it's allowed me to do exactly what I want to do. I'm, I don't think I'm capable of doing anything else, but I love teaching and coaching. And there's a lot more than just getting kids to play the right way. Um, you know, hearing you speak today, it's about what you represent and how many kids look up to you and you have a responsibility to do the right thing. So um, you try as a coach every day, you know, to set an example and to surround yourself with people that, you know, have the same values. So um, it's pretty neat. And my my wife... Um, you know, she's gotten me involved in a lot of things that I never even thought about. Um, you know, we help with a camp called Dragonfly that helps kids with autism. It's the only autism camp of its kind. And I got to meet Paul Newman once, and uh, he had these hole-in-the-wall gang camps for uh, terminally disadvantaged kids. And my wife got me involved with a camp called Peyton Turtle. And... Uh, my daughter works as a counselor there, and it's been a big part of my life. But uh, really what I'm about, you know, I love basketball. I love the sport. I love what what it does for kids, what it's done with my life. And, you know, I'm 72 years old, and I've never worked a day in my life. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Uh, you do what you love, and you don't work at all, do you? Coach Larry Brown is with us, uh, head men's basketball coach at Southern Methodist University. Um, you mentioned your age and, and your a uh, little bit of your resume from when you played in, in the basketball. You played in the NBA as well, didn't you? Well, I played in the ABA, and then okay. it merged. Okay. Um, and then uh, I was about a time in my career where I – I became a coach by accident. You know, I looked at myself. I wanted to be a high school coach um, and teach American history. I wanted to coach baseball, basketball, and football and have the summers off. And by some accident, I became a pro coach, and then I've gone back and forth pro in college and been pretty neat. Yeah. So with all of that experience, and I've got to think, uh, you know, I sometimes shake my head at how social media uh, has changed everything. And when you're coaching your kids on the court, um, 
is that a is that at the forefront of, of how you uh, um, I don't want to say coach them on the court, but let's say after the practice, after a game, do you worry about what they're going to be tweeting, posting, Instagramming? Because that gets so many great athletes in so much trouble the way they misuse their social media outlets. Well, I never really thought about it. You know, um, when I was an NBA coach, um, I dreaded guys walking on the bus, you know, tweeting and talking and because I wanted them to interact with each other I didn't realize you know whatever they say or do other people hear about it all the time but you know learning about it and I realize now um, it's something you got to be responsible enough to realize that whatever you say is public knowledge and I you know I won't mention names of coaches but um, in the last couple of years, I've heard a lot of people say something about a coach that he's involved with this person and it's affected their lives. Um, and they're not, they're not aware of it. Our kids are not aware of it. So I bring it to our kids' attention. Um, and I don't know if they really realize it. You know, it's, it's an interesting thing. I, I got to watch Pacific and uh, Band of Brothers. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, I don't think I would have had the courage to do what those 18-year-olds did. And everybody said, well, when you're 18, you think you're invincible. You don't think there's any consequence to what you do. And there's a consequence for everything we do. And hearing you speak and making my kids aware of what the potential of doing something wrong or saying something they don't really mean or you're just kidding about it can affect the rest of your life is really important for these kids to hear. Um, and it's a shame because uh, when I was a young coach, everything they wrote about you was just about the game. It had nothing to do with you as a person. You either won the game or lost the game um, they very rarely said you played badly. Um, now, when they report about the game, it has nothing about the game mm-hmm. anymore. It's all about the personality or how you acted. And I tell our kids all the time, people judge you by the way you look, by the way you dress, by the way you conduct yourself. And that sets in it, you know, their opinion of you for the rest of your life in some cases. So I guess that's what you're talking about. Do you? Have a Twitter or a Facebook? No, um, <laughs> but I have it now. As a as a college coach, um, I have to let people know what I do on a daily basis. Um, you know, because kids are constantly looking for things. Um, it's 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 amazing that my assistants are always tweeting stuff. I I just learned how to use a phone. <laughs> Honest, I, I, I did not know how to text at all. I never even thought about it. Okay. Never even entered my mind. But they told me when you're a college coach, this is an important part. And that's part of recruiting. Um, you're trying to establish, you know, SMU in the eyes of kids where they think they want to come there and play mm-hmm. for you. So... I don't do it, but my assistants do it. I'm probably getting in trouble for saying that. Do you have an iPad? 
No. Um, <laughs> I, I had, I don't know how to use a computer. Um, the, the only way that I will use a computer is to watch a game. Okay. I, but my assistants have to sit next to me and show me. <laughs> now, my boy, I have a, I have a boy who's going to be a freshman here next year and a daughter who will be 16 on Wednesday, and they know how to use everything, and they're involved with every part of social media you can be, um, and they help me in a lot of cases because it's really informative. There's a lot of things... You know, I hear a lot of neat people speak, and that's affected my life in a real positive way. And there's some examples that I've seen that, you know, they'll sh they'll show me that I I'm a little nervous about them watching, but uh, you know, they're decent kids. They've been raised the right way, so I'm comfortable with that. Head coach Larry Brown is joining us on the program. He's the uh, head coach at SMU. Southern Methodist University. You mentioned your children now. They're teenagers. One of them's coming to college next year. Uh, let's talk parenting and fatherhood. I mean, as a coach, uh, you've got a little bit of an advantage on You've been coaching and teaching children uh, and athletes your whole life. Um, there are a lot of people out there that are, that are struggling with parenthood and, and um, how, how, how to handle and communicate with their own kids. Uh, what's been your, I guess, best experience as a father and maybe uh, – uh, best advice to the next generation of fathers? Well, I have a wife like I have. <laughs> she's, she's a great mother. And, you know, it, unfortunately, there's a lot of things that my profession have allowed me to do. Um, but it's kept me away from my kids a lot. So I've been so lucky to have a wife that uh, the most important thing for her is raising their kids. Um, I want them to have great grades. I want them to be great athletes. I want them, you know, to be popular. But at the end of the day, um, I want them to be decent kids. And uh, they really are. They get it. Uh, they treat people with respect. Um, they know by their actions it, ha it reflects on us and I hope that they understand that we realize by the way Shelly and I act reflects on them. So we do the very best I can, uh, we can to make sure we're a big part of their lives. Um, and I, I'm really concerned with how I act. Um, and there was a time in my life I didn't think about that. Um, and I've been so lucky that there's been people that have been part of my life. I lost my dad when I was really young, but everybody in my family kind of took care of me and taught me right from wrong. But I heard Dennis Prager say it one time, yeah, I'd love my kids to have great grades, love them to be popular, but at the end of the day, I want them to be decent and respect other people, and I think our kids are, are that way. That's fantastic. Uh, when I think of the glory days of, uh, of the Pacers, uh, I think of you and uh, your work with uh, Rick Smits and, and Reggie Miller and those battles with the New York Knicks. Uh, from your seat on the bench, tell us about uh, maybe a couple of fond memories from uh, the Larry Brown files with the Indiana Pacers. Well, I mean, when you coach in Indiana it's, uh, and you coach basketball, I, I know the Colts have changed that culture a little bit, but that's a basketball state. Um, what 
Branch McCracken did and Bobby Leonard did and Bobby Knight did and all these great high school programs. I mean, basketball is huge there. And uh, I love being part of that because, one, people love the sport, but the other thing is they were so passionate about it and knowledgeable. And that was fun. And then, you know, I worked for the greatest owners. You could, the Simons were phenomenal. I mean, uh, anything you needed as a coach to be successful, they were there to, to help you. And then I coached some of the greatest players ever. Reggie Miller, um, you know, people see a side of Reggie being crazy and emotional, but he worked at his craft. He was one of the greatest teammates you could ever be around. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to see him get in the Hall of Fame, and that was that was pretty darn special. Rick Smith's, uh, when I got the job, Donnie said, Donnie Wall said, I don't know, in my heart I think Rich Smith can play, but I want you, you to find out. And I hung around that guy, and he was one of the most underrated players I'd ever been with. And I saw Dell Davis grow and develop each day, and I saw maybe the greatest teammate of all time, and a kind of guy named Derek McKee. One of the most underrated players, and I was fortunate enough to be around all those guys. And then after I left, they only got better. You know, Larry Bird, and Rick Carlisle, and Coach Harder, you know, made that team even better. So I have great memories about being in Indianapolis. That's fantastic to uh, to hear because we've all got uh, great memories of, of you coaching the Pacers. Um, Larry Brown is our guest, uh, one of the all-time great coaches, and uh, you're just really starting your uh, tenure here with Southern Methodist University. Let's talk about the present and the future real quick. What's the future for Larry Brown here at SMU? Well, I know June Jones is a good friend of yours. Um, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for June. I was like the 15th choice. (laughs) And June kept pushing me and saying, hang in there, stay with it. And June and I met when I was coaching San Antonio, and he was driving us around. This happened a long, long time ago, and I think in 1989 or 90. And lo and behold, you know, 20-something years later, we're hooked up together. But this is a great school. It's great academically. We're going into a new conference where the competition is going to be so much greater. Uh, the exposure is going to be better. We were 15 and 17 this year, and... Um, I don't think it did a great job, but we had a young team and we were pretty shorthanded. But we've had an amazing recruiting year. We've got some really quality kids left in the program. And if I don't screw them up, we're going to be pretty damn good. And I, you know, I want us to compete on a, on a national level. I, I look at us, we have the potential to be a lot like Butler. Yeah. And you know what Brad has done with that program. Yeah. We have the potential to be a lot like Gonzaga. We have a lot of the same things that John Thompson had when he went to Georgetown in a great conference, a great school academically, in a great city. So I'm hopeful we can grow and develop this into being a pretty special place. Well, that's exciting, uh, Larry. We th- thank you for your time. Larry Brown, the head coach here at SMU. Uh, just a pleasure to have you on and uh, hear about your work with autism and with these kids you, you have here at SMU and, and your memories from the Pacers. It's just been a pleasure to have you on. Thank you, Coach Brown, for joining us. It's great to see you again, Adam. Thank you.
Hi, this is Murphy Grant, Assistant AD for Sports Medicine at the University of Kansas, and you're listening to The Adam Ritz Show. And we'll continue from the University of Maryland with IFC Advisor. Uh, you're part of the staff. You're an, uh, the IFC Advisor. He's, he's Brian Golden. Hi, Brian. How are you? Doing well, thanks. I'm learning so much about what you guys do here at the University of Maryland, and you've got a fantastic story about what's just gone down here with the Greek system. What's going on? We just had a chapter that became the first fraternity in the country to be certified as a safe haven for victims of uh, human trafficking. Um, so four of their members got certified um, by um, as like a you know safe haven. Um, educated students so they can identify victims and be a resource and support system for them here on campus. So we're definitely uh, appreciative of them for you know taking the lead and being a standout organization. And who are they? Alpha Sigma Phi fraternity, the Epsilon Al- Delta chapter here at Maryland. That's unbelievable. First one in the country, safe haven for victims of human trafficking. Mm-hmm. Um, well, tell me, I, I've got so many questions. They had to, four, at least four of the members had to get certified. They've and, and what is that certification? They um, actually they kind of found the organization themselves. Some of them have been doing service with the organization for um, a while now, and then they took a class and kind of did education of you know how you would identify a victim, what to do if you came across someone who had experienced human trafficking, the resources to connect them to, um, and I believe more members of the chapter are looking forward to getting trained sometime soon as well. Have they had any? scenarios where they've helped somebody? Well, they just got certified two days ago, so uh, not yet, but I think they're ready and prepared, and they kind of um, are looking forward to being kind of the leading organization here in terms of um, supporting victims of not just human trafficking, but uh, domestic violence, sexual assault. Um, They're actually hoping to host a sit-in to encourage people to stand up against sexual assault here this spring, and they want to bring in different speakers and kind of um, educate students on college campuses about, um, you know, sexual assault and how to prevent instances. Well, that's taking the lead. I mean, that's uh, domestic violence and with the Title IX and President Obama's push for nomore.org, go online, take the pledge. You guys uh, are really taking the initiative here. Is this something that's going to be a national push with other Delta Sigma Phi chapters around the country? Um, I think right now they're really focusing on the University of Maryland um, and trying to get all of our chapters to uh, support the idea, kind of understand that it's on them to make a change and make this campus safe. And then hopefully, just with how quickly social media spreads um, good things, that um, other chapters across the country will start to see how easy it is to really take a stand and how important it is to um, show people that you know this isn't something that fraternity life um, accepts and tolerates. So as far as uh, marketing this to the people that need it, is there, I mean, is there a, a big sign in the window? Do the, the shelters in the area have pamphlets that let their, uh, these victims know about it? I mean, how would a victim know to even go or contact you guys? Um, I think that uh, I think for Alpha Sigma Phi that they will be listed on a website at some point. But um, kind of the big thing is that that they are just trained to find the people 
um, out there on their own. So okay. they will be able to see maybe signs of someone who has been a victim um, and can say, hey, here's a safe place where you can, um, you can find people who can help you and uh, connect you to p good resources on campuses, which I think it's so important for college students to be there for peers, especially um, when a lot of times people feel uncomfortable going to an authority figure or to some mm -hmm. um, you know, place in the city that they don't know, um, there's a peer that might be in their classes or, you know, on campus that could be someone to support them. Well, let's uh, get the digital properties out now. Can you, uh, is there a Facebook page or a Twitter or the, or the chapter's website that we can look this stuff up? Um, they're the they're the Epsilon Delta chapter of Alpha Sigma Phi fraternity at the University of Maryland, located at number nine fraternity row here in College Park, and they can be found on Facebook as Alpha Sigma Phi at the University of Maryland, and on Twitter at Alpha Sig UMD. At Alpha Sig UMD on Twitter, check them out. Our listeners, they're so proud of you. I'm proud of you. That's that's some amazing work. I hope uh, a lot of other people across the country learn about this uh, and take the reins and and get involved the way you guys have here at the University of Maryland. Brian Golden, um, thank you for being our guest. You're the IFC advisor. So real quick, in a nutshell, for our listeners, what is that? You're not even a student here. You're a uh, uh, you're an administrator. Yeah, so I work and I'm kind of the uh, liaison between, you know, the university outside sources and the 26 fraternities we have here on campus, which is about 2,100 men right now. So I'm, I've got a lot of responsibility, but I enjoy it and I enjoy helping these chapters kind of take it to the next level and be the leaders on campus. That's fantastic. Love to hear about it. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you, Brian. Thank you very much. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social, technically. Thank you so much for hanging out with The Adam Ritz Show. As we continue from Wichita Falls, Texas, I'm on the campus of Midwestern State University with head football coach Bill Maskell. Hi, Bill. How are you? Good, good. Glad to be able to visit with you tonight, Adam. We are on campus to uh, honor you and your uh, student-athletes, the football players, for your community service. Tell us about some of the service projects you guys have. Well, two of the most recent things that we did uh, was Friday night. We always do something on the eve or the morning of our spring game. We divided up our teams, uh, our our. our entire team into a maroon gold scrimmage. Okay. Half of the team went down to Straight Street, which is a ministry for underprivileged inner city kids, and we sat there and played games with them for, uh, we were supposed to go about an hour, and our kids got so excited about what they were doing that we stayed two hours. And then the other half uh, went for Relay for Life uh, on campus here, where they were, uh, uh, kids were walking and running and what have you for uh, for cancer uh, survivors? That's great. How do how do your players respond when when the head coach says, um, you know, I, I can guess how they respond when you say do a, do more sit ups, do more calisthenics, lift more weights, practice harder. How do they respond when you say, hey guys, guess what? We're going to get involved with community service. Well, what we try to tell them is that you know we want to give back to the community. Uh, we've got extraordinary talent for our level. Uh, some people don't have the abilities to to do what we do. Uh, let's go see if we can't give something back to the community. And in doing that, we've made friends with the community, and then people come out and watch us. And and then and then as as you speak about tonight, then we've got to we've got to be able to 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 continue to be good citizens within the community as well. So you, you do see that in the uh, in the stands. The oh, you yeah, know you help yeah. them, they help you. They show up to the games we and cheer had, you on. We our quarterback is one of our quarterbacks is from Wichita Falls, and he's got a little nephew that. That he might he can't be more than two feet high, three feet maybe, 
and he's 12 years old, but he's really, really uh, sharp, really sharp. And, and he was the last kid I talked to on, uh, uh, on Friday night. And he said, uh, well, I want to come watch you guys play this. Well, our game is tomorrow night. And they, they had a big thing at straight street downtown, uh, Saturday night. They had a, uh, hip hop, uh, rapper and this <laughs> and that and the other. He says, I'll be there. And there was another little girl that was right there with him. She said, can I come with you? So she said, well, no. She said, how much does it cost? We said, it's free. So the two of them, mom, dad, uncle, somebody brought them. And my wife, who was that, went down and took pictures, uh, she said she saw the little guy afterwards. So he was all excited about it. Of course, he had vested interest with, with his nephew that, or his uncle that was, playing, but that was here. So, but, I, but I think that uh, uh, the lady that ran the Straight Street, her son is, is a rising high school senior that she wants us to look at to recruit. Okay. So, I mean, in a, in, and we're 100,000 people in the community, but it's a small 100,000 people. And uh, it's, we, go, we do in the fall, we go read to the elementary kids. Uh, we've done a cleanups, uh, we, you, know, you name it, we've tried to get involved in well, it. Well, good. That's inspirational for our listening audience to hear that uh, there are college kids across the country that don't just care about sports or their degree or their college, but they care about their community too. Bill Maskell is our guest. He's the head football coach at Midwestern State University. We're in Wichita Falls, Kansas, or Kansas I'm sorry, Wichita Falls, Texas. How, where are we? We're like two hours outside of Dallas? Yeah, we're, we're two hours, hour and 40 minutes north of the Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. We'd be northwest of Denton. We're, we're, we call the Metroplex, Dallas-Fort Worth. We're you're part, part of Dallas-Fort Worth, okay. Yeah. And uh, you're coaching stops along the way. Settle a, a, a bet I have in my own head with myself. Uh, you were telling me you've coached at Vanderbilt. Um, what are some of the other Division One programs you coached with? Well, prior to Vanderbilt, and, and you got to understand what I'm getting ready to tell you, is we've moved uh, some by design, some not by design. Okay, I got Coaching, you. you win, you keep going. Sometimes you lose and you don't keep going. <laughs> but we, uh, my wife counted up one time, we've made 22 moves. Wow. That's great to hear. I love, I love hearing these football stories. Um, but mainly we love hearing about your community service as well on this Social Awareness Radio Show. So, Bill Maskell, head coach at Midwestern State University, thank you so much for coming on and uh, spending some time with us. Thank well, you. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us and look forward to having you back. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.